It is 18 minutes before the hour here on the Dreadle Arch Radio Show. We continue with Manchester Mayor Ted Gatz. It's brought to us by Jacques Flower Shop here in scenic Penardville. Help them clear out their garden center. Perfect time to take advantage of the season. Get, uh, get what's left. And there is some. And uh, give your plants a healthy start in the spring. Get them in the ground now. 712 Mass Road, 625-5155, on the phone at, uh, and online at jocksflowers.com. Your Honor, there are a couple um, economic development things that I want to bring up with you. Uh, there's been uh, a lot of news lately about a, a big housing development of single-family homes up in the North End. Uh, you know, they're talking pricing between half a million, three quarters of a million dollars. We, we hear often uh, from critics of yours, from critics of uh, uh, the, the city, because we don't, quote unquote, spend enough on schools and that whole diatribe that uh, people don't want to move to Manchester. Uh, is this 25 houses going up on 19 acres in the north end of pretty pricey housing, at least for this city? Um uh, an indication that mm, maybe maybe those criticisms are are unfounded. Well, Richard, you know when you're talking about uh, three and four bedroom homes, uh, those have kids. Th- th- that's not a retirement group that's going up there that can say, "Okay, we're moving in there and downsizing our our housing." Right. So it's telling you that Manchester is booming. There's great things happening in this city, and when a developer comes in and says he's got a waiting list. Uh, for those houses. Oh, there's a waiting list. There already is a, a waiting list. Uh, to, so does it mean that he's got the project sold out? I can't tell you he's got the project sold out because they're just started to clear the trees. Yeah. So he would, I'm sure that if he uh, uh, was taking non-refundable deposits, it would be a different <laughs> story than a waiting list. Gotcha. All right. So uh, that that's good news. But, you know, there was um, a, a similar project that was approved um probably three or four years ago up on Wellington Hill. Remember, there was a, a zoning fight. The uh, developer wanted to change the zoning so he could have smaller houses on smaller lots and all that fun stuff. That was defeated. Whatever happened to that project? Did that step off or did the developer uh, No, as a matter back? of fact, I can tell you that uh, the diocese has just been in touch with me looking to come back and see if we uh, can't rekindle uh, the interest in that right now, and I, I told him absolutely. I think you know because the city has a part of it. The biggest problem with that was there were like four small parcel owners, and then the diocese and the city of Manchester were the two larger ones. So that so I, now help me here because I thought the the developer who was going to build I, I forget how many houses up there on Wellington Hill. Uh, had owned the land and was just trying to change the zoning so he could change no. what he wanted to develop. So the city owns some, the diocese owns some, and there are two other owners. Well, there's more than two other owners. Okay. There's quite a few on, you know, a single a single piece. Uh, so that project didn't step off, in other words? No, it didn't. No, no, it didn't. And, uh, and I think that uh, the diocese is looking to bring it back um, and have a conversation about it and come back to the board to, to see what they can't do. Uh, to rekindle the interest. Now, I think the it, interest is there. There's certainly an awful lot of developers that have called me about it. Right. And I told them that they'd have to call the diocese because they truly, truly have control of it. Right. Now, the, is the developer who uh, uh, was going to build there, and they were going to be, uh, the houses there were going to be, what, three, four $400,000 houses, if I remember correctly? You know, to be honest with you, I don't remember. Yeah. I, I would say they were like between two fifty and three. 
I think it was higher than that because when he when he came forward, he wanted to build the smaller houses that would be in the two fifty range. So I think we're looking mid threes for stuff well, like that. Our recollections are both different. Well, they're close. They're close. We're, we're, we're in the there same ballpark. Go. We're on opposite we sides are. of the of the diamond, but we're in the same ballpark. Uh, in any event, and then you have um, those houses that are being built along Brickett Road, which are three to four hundred thousand dollar houses. I guess the the leading question that I I want to ask here is. Uh, should the city of Manchester either be protecting existing zoning or looking for opportunities to expand the construction of higher income single family homes? And I don't mean, you know, homes for millionaires, but middle, upper middle income, uh, professional kinds of homes where you're going to have kids in the houses. There are three or four bedrooms um, it, it, to make it possible for more people to put down more roots and more neighborhoods to be formed or solidified. Well, there's no question that, um, you know, developers are, are pretty smart. Uh, you know, they will invest their dollars where they think they can get a return on their dollars. Um, they're not going to go into a project that, uh, you know, if, if we were at a, uh, a vacancy rate in the city of 70%, mm-hmm. nobody's going to be building five hundred dollars to $700,000 homes. Right. Uh, the market is pretty hot. There's, I don't think that you can find, if you looked, you know, a lot of choices on four-bedroom homes in the city of Manchester. I don't care what part of the city it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, there might not be any. So that's certainly uh, an issue that people look for uh, when they're looking to move a young family somewhere from the house they may have outgrown to another house. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sometimes that doesn't exist. So I think that uh, when you talk about three- and four-bedroom houses, that's a different quality of construction um, and a different person uh, mm-hmm. that's going to be moving in. And, uh, you know, they, they want to make sure that uh, – uh, the people who want to call Manchester their home. Correct. And and again, th- that's up to the, the developer. I mean, And sometimes the cost of the land will warrant what cost of the house has got to be. You know, you can't uh, come in and decide you're going to put a $300,000 house on a $200,000 lot. Uh, it doesn't make sense, and the developer's not going to do that. So developers uh, come in, and they understand what the market is. They, they have that feeling. They aren't investing their dollars. Uh, uh, I'm sure that any developer that comes in to do a project would love to know that their whole project is pre-sold uh, before they put a shovel in the ground. Sure. Well, one of the things that affects the value of a property, and, and they're kind of looking at this in Goffstown, right? There's a, 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 the mill there. I got to go to the news read because I forget what the name of the mill is. Hold on a it's second. It's right downtown. Yeah, it's right right downtown. Uh, you know, but the developer is basically saying, "Look, I can do sixty-four units, but to make it uh, financially viable, I need ninety-nine, and so you've got to change this, or I can't do my project." Should zoning often affects the value of a property, or whether or not the property can be sold for the price that the seller wants to get? Should that be a consideration philosophically um, when a community is asked to either grant an exception to the zoning through the zoning board of adjustment, or to change the zoning? Through its, uh, uh, you know, its planning board and governing body in Manchester, the board of aldermen, the town council, the boards of selectmen in the towns, should uh, should 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 the financial considerations of the developer outweigh sort of the intent of zoning, which is to foster stability, particularly in residential neighborhoods, um, and create a certain um, uh, quality of life. Well, I think that you know, again, in, uh, it comes down to the developer and his cost per unit. Um, if the numbers don't make sense because Rich Gerard wants $100 uh, to sell a developer something and it only makes sense at 85 then somebody's got to make a choice. 
either you pay more and take the lumps on your development side or take less and take the lumps on the seller side. I think that, uh, you know, sitting down and seeing if you can't come up with a, a happy median in between the two numbers, um, you know, may make some sense. But again, if the developer walks away, you have that mill that's going to sit there undeveloped going into the future. And I don't have to tell you, Rich, you know, there are ups and downs in the real estate market. And right now it's a pretty hot market. So I look at it and say, okay, if somebody thinks that they can make it work at X, maybe they can make it work at Y, mm-hmm. uh, which might be a number in the middle. Right. And when you have those downs, though, and you have places like uh, Sunset Ridge, for example, up on Eastern Ave that decides in order to weather the economic downturn, they, they, they will accept Section 8 housing. That isn't without consequences to the community because of the socioeconomic demographic that that attracts. And that's why you had Weston Elementary School, for example, go from a school that had 17% of its kids on free and reduced hot lunch to one that was nearly 50 in about a five-year period of time. So should not communities keep that into account uh, because economic downturns will lead property owners to do whatever it is they have to at the time to secure their cash flow, regardless of the impact on the neighborhood, the schools, the crime rate, or anything else? Well, you know, Richard, again, we can point and say Section 8 housing, um, but that only helps people that might not be able to afford the rent. That's helping people to get into a a place that they can call home. No, I, I understand that. But on that scale, it caused a huge demographic shift at one of the city's um, elementary schools and all of the itinerant issues that came with that. Well, uh, so, again, I, I've not seen the specific data that would show you that, but I certainly don't have a problem looking at it if somebody wants to produce it. Yeah, well, that's what uh, Principal McDonald said when she came before our committee to ask to be a Title I school so that extra money could be put into her uh, into her her building. So I'm going by what she said. Um, well, she pointed her finger right to Sunset Ridge? Uh, that and Karatsas have. Okay. So because uh, it caught the whole committee by surprise that Weston School was in a position that she would be making that request. Um, so moving on here, uh, uh, speaking of uh, properties, I understand there's something in the works for the old Amherst Street, a.k.a. Rex Theater. Well, hopefully the uh, GMDC will work on... Uh, That's the Greater Manchester Development Corp. Yes, the Greater Manchester Development Corp. Uh, to put something together so we can revitalize that old Rex Theater. Yeah, no, there was there was a, a proposal. I there interviewed was. the fellow beforehand. What, whatever happened to that? Um, I think he was looking for more concessions on the building uh, as he was going through. Uh, GMDC was not uh, in the position to to go though those. to go that route. Yeah. So I think that uh, there are people right now that are interested again because of the the status of the market. And things that are happening downtown. Well, yeah, it's it. You know, you walk downtown now, and it is a bustle of who's down there and what's going on. Uh, you know, somebody said to me, "You know, Mary, you're going to try and get some retail downtown," and I said, "You know, I can only tell you that the retail situation is retail much follows residents. Well, it does follow residents, but the problem you have is that even with uh, what's happening in the malls and the downshifting of folks that are in the malls, because you can buy anything you. Want. Sitting in front of your computer right now right. and have it delivered tomorrow, um, that certainly is something uh, that that causes folks to think twice about putting in retail. Gotcha. Um, uh, speaking of which, uh, how how is the city doing uh, on the road uh, reconstruction or road resurfacing front? The season uh, has got to 
coming to a close, I would think. Yeah, it is. I think they're they're looking to put the final coat, I believe, on uh, the northern part of Elm Street, Mm -hmm. uh, which still needs one more coat. Uh, I think they're going to finish that. They're going to finish other streets that are in the city that are under construction and, you know, that have the manholes that are popping out because they've got to be filled in before winter comes and people are plowing. So I think you're right. There's probably another three or four weeks um, that the roads uh, are going to be done. And then we have a a vision moving forward with some of the degradation funds and some of the additional funds that we receive from the state for roads and bridges. So that'll be happening. And uh, hopefully the construction will start again in the spring Mm -hmm. and get some more of the roads done uh, that we had anticipated. Uh, Kind of a philosophical question for you on economic development. Uh, should the city consider uh, waiving permit fees for property owners, whether they're residential or they're commercial, that want to rehabilitate an existing structure um, as a way of facilitating that redevelopment? So the money is available to go into the building, which presumably would improve its taxable value. As we talk about these Section 79s and all the things that we do, but... Should the city maybe consider waiving fees for redevelopment and rehabilitation as a way of encouraging that kind of activity? Well, you know, Richard, we have the 79E um, legislation that's in place that a developer can come in and take a building within that 79E district, which is Elm Street. uh, I forget how far south it goes, how far north it goes. But it's a district that if you go in and rehabilitate a building uh, for five years, the increase in evaluation that you generate because of the construction that you put in the building doesn't affect your tax rate. So if you're assessed at 600000 you put a million in, you're still assessed at $600,000 for five years or seven years, depending on what the board wants to give going forward. Now, to start waiving fees, I don't have to tell you. Uh, the building department, uh, oh, th- th- there is only three sources of revenue in the city. Uh, the building department generates probably two two point five million in in fees. Uh, you've got the um, auto registration that generates maybe seventeen million, and then you've got a bunch of other small ones that generate probably a million or two more. So when you start eliminating fees, you start increasing the cost on the other taxpayers of this city. So you know there's enough downshifting that happens. Uh, we don't need to create it ourselves. So if somebody's looking to rehabilitate a property, uh, I think that uh, if they're within that 79E district, that certainly applies to them. Uh, that's a benefit to them. Mayor Ted Gatsis, as always, it's great to discuss what's going on in the city and the issues it faces. We appreciate you being with us here, as always. Thank you, Richard. You have a great day. Have a good birthday. Don't eat too much cake. <laughs> <laughs> I'm headed to the gym after the. Uh, All right, yeah, there you go. All right, we're going to take. Thank you, Your Honor. We're going to take a break for traffic, weather, and sports. We'll be back with a preview of tomorrow's busy show. We're not done yet. Stay with us. All righty, folks. Tomorrow is another busy shoe here on the Gerard at Large Radio Show, and uh, we'll be uh, with Jimmy Lozon, coach of the Londonderry Lancers for sports in our own backyard. Jimmy, um, I'm not sure he's going to be able to to sit. He had a tough, tough outing with the Pinkerton Astros last week. And uh, Felix Alvarado will join us for Is Our Children Learning? We will continue our conversation on standardized assessments. That and oh, so much more. Expect a candidate or two. We're trying to put them in the schedule. For the entire team here at Toronto Large, I 
am your ever humble host, Rich Gerard. Thanks for tuning in. Until tomorrow, be good, be well. Don't do anything we wouldn't do. We're proud to have in the audience. Thanks for being there. Please remember our sponsors. Give them the first opportunity to earn your business and let them know you heard about them on Gerard at Large. It matters. Be good, everyone.